This is Original Six. Well, at least we didn't get swept. It's the Original Six podcast. Ryan Zavine alongside Zach Ballin today. No Paul Ananitis. The Leafs play has put him in a bad mood. He refused to be here now. He couldn't make it. Uh, Zach, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. I think uh, this is like the biggest shift in tones between podcast episodes for us. Because last one was like two weeks ago and we were like super the most fired up ever. And then now it's just like, uh. Yeah, the contrast is definitely ironic. I mean, last, you know, it, it's funny because last week we recorded, obviously, fresh off of the Leafs' first round victory. And it was like, we were on top of the world. Like, nothing was going to take us down from that high. And we probably could have said, you know, even if the Leafs got swept, they still won a round and that would be enough for us. But now that you're here, like, that's not true. It, it, one round of victory is not enough. You know, there's there's always going to be that insatiable need to keep going. And, and frankly, yeah. until they win the cup, that's that's always what it's going to feel like. But, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like, energy level and just, you know, general encouragement based on last week to this week, I mean, remarkable. Yeah, it's – I think part of it of, like, why – there's like so it's so depressing is also just I think of who we're facing kind of like people looked ahead and were like oh my gosh the Leafs just have to keep playing well and then you know conference finals kind of thing and then then it became a oh my gosh we've lost three straight to the 17th place in the Eastern Conference so yeah we didn't expect to be here that's for sure yeah I mean you know, I I love seeing all the TikToks of like people mocking the Leaf fans in uh, Maple Leaf Square after Game Six against the Lightning, chanting "We want Tampa, uh, we want Florida." Yeah, and then now we're like, no, we want <laughs> we want Boston. Boston. Bring, bring them back, bring back Boston. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we both predicted three one last week just for the Leafs, so we kind of got it right. Yeah, just erase like the word after the three one prediction, and there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, welcome back, everyone joining us. If you're new here, make sure to follow, subscribe. You know the drill. Uh, no shout outs this week other than, you know, uh, I got the 3-2 prediction right for Florida in game three. That was lovely. Sorry, right. say you you lagged on my screen. Oh, I got the uh, 3-2 prediction right for Florida in game three. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you did. Because of I was so I not happy too. <laughs> was it you who sent in the group chat? You're like going into overtime. You're like Ryan. If your prediction's correct, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, and then your prediction was correct. So now it's just just wait for it. I'll kill you in Rocket League or something like. That's where I'll yeah, enact my revenge. Good luck with that. Is that an Avengers <laughs> mug? That's sick. Yes, yes, it is. It's like all in co- comic book. Oh, I'm gonna burn my hand. Hold on. That's sick. I want one of those. It's like, old. it's my dad's, but I stole it. So no. sucker. That's funny. I don't have any cool mugs like that. I have a couple cool ones. Anyway, let's, uh, let's show off the conversation. Let's, uh, let's take a look at, you know, the weekend <laughs> review. Um, let's, let's see how deep down this rabbit hole we want to go. Obviously, uh, the Leafs down three, one in the series. Thankfully they won a game. I mean, a sweep would have been pretty abysmal. Not, not that if they lose the next game, it won't still be an abysmal showing, but here we are nonetheless uh game one a 4-2 loss um this was a game where 
it was kind of it just caught me not caught me off guard but the the change in pace between this game and pretty much every game in the series against the lightning was drastic right like the lightning series was tight checking not a lot of open ice you know all of that sort of like typical playoff style game that you expect and then this kind of reminded me of like that 10-7 game that the Leafs beat the Red Wings where it was like the team that converted on the most chances was going to win because they were both fine to trade chances yeah it was like it, the pace was so different it was absolutely like I don't I don't know what it was but we were the better team in that game and it was kind of weird because the Tampa series a lot of the time we got like plagued by Tampa actually outplayed us and then we were just able to shut down their stars and then but it was this time it was us this time we were the better team for sure like we were all over them for at least at first uh yeah. and then it just it kind of got away from us it was just a couple of a couple of goals uh I, like Florida played their style. They played their style of hockey. Yeah, they did. Like, they they achieved. Like I mean, like we we kind of went into it saying Florida's the type of team that's fine to give you chances because they're confident that they'll convert on theirs. And through three great games, that's what they've did, right? I mean, I kind of look at game one. I, I guess you kind of copy and paste that for game two also. But I look at game one as. Toronto was so not used to all of this open ice and all of these chances that they had that they were caught looking offense and that's what caused them to lapse defensively. Yeah, 100%. I think uh it was nice to see at least the Nice goal. That was that was a pretty determined Is effort. Is that game one or game two? That was game one, according to the stat sheet that I'm looking at. Oh, then you're probably right. But, they all uh, together. It was just an awful three-game set for Toronto. Yeah, I, the first two games especially, I find because they were very similar in terms of like how the play shifted. The game two obviously has the the like two minutes that Florida played great and we just played like a CHL team <laughs> for like two minutes and then it cost us. But yeah, they, they played hard. Like they went out to win it and Bobrovsky was absolutely insane. Like oh he God, played like Vasilevsky. I, I expected that from Vasi in the first series. That was the kind of level of goaltending that I was expecting. He was lights out for them he was, he was, in the first two games, for sure. He was absolutely stellar. I mean, also, look, 4-1. Uh, sorry, 4-1. In game one, the Leafs were 0-4 on the power play. You're, you're, you're yeah. not helping yourself here either. I wouldn't say that's the reason they lost. But if you get one of those goals at any point in the game, it changes the script, right? You know? You could look at it and saying they lost 4-2. If they get one, it's only 4-3. But maybe they get one build momentum and it doesn't become 4-2 or 4-3, right? So uh, yeah. 0 for 4 on the man advantage doesn't help. Let's talk about that game too. Uh, the 3-2 loss. I mean, so I missed like the first six minutes of this game because I was working and then driving to a buddy's place. But from what I heard and then saw the rest of the first, it was like all Leafs. Like Kerfoot started off early. Um, they were up to nothing, but it was like all Toronto, all possession, all shots, time on attack, like everything pointed in the, the direction of this being like similar to game two in the first round, like all Leafs dominant performance. But the fact that they were only up by two, I remember having a discussion with my buddy's dad and we were kind of talking. It's like, it's too bad. It's only two because it feels like Florida really only needs one and then they're back in it. And that's exactly what they got yep. at the end of the first 
then you mentioned that really shitty first minute and seven seconds of the second period. And then the sad part is Toronto was the better team the rest of the way. Yeah, it, it was just, again, another great performance by Bobrovsky standing on his head. We came out absolutely flying, looked really good. But you're right, like, it's the it's those chances where maybe in the regular season you're like, oh, well, like, we have, we're having good chances, like, we'll convert later kind of thing. But in the playoffs, like, it's so you have to convert on as everything, as much as you can all the time. I think the problem was that we just had so many chances that were stopped. I remember watching them and thinking, I'm like, they got to convert on some of these. Like, these are golden A opportunities yeah. to score. And you really got to put the dagger in it because, like, any team in this league can come back from a two-goal deficit. Like, it's not a big yeah, mountain it's not And that's what happened. Like, they got one back in the first period. It was 2-1 after the first. And then... We just started so bad. They scored twice and it was 3-2 and then they just shut it down the rest of the game and like yeah. stopped all the chances that we had. And it kind of felt like missed opportunities at the beginning of the game where, man, we were all over them. We didn't convert. Oh, we'll convert later. Oh, it's too late. And then, yeah. And then they didn't get the same type of chances the rest of the way. Be it they were the better team, but it wasn't quite the same. Um, I, I always say, I, I must have mentioned this on the podcast numerous times over the years. The Leafs, if there was a stat for how the hell did that not go in, the Leafs would be winning. Like, they would yep. have the most. Like, I don't know if you could find, like, team shooting percentage and high danger chances, but the Leafs probably have the worst in the NHL. Like, I believe it. The amount, even the regular season, the amount of, like, scrambles in front where defensemen on the opposition are just flailing across the net, like the puck's in the crease, and they just can't get the puck in the net. Like, it's remarkable. I've never seen anything quite like it, and it's just painful to watch. Yeah, it's it those kind of chances where it's like that. Come on, just a little tap, like a little tap. And what's with the what something I've noticed is all the breakaways we don't score, and all the breakaways Florida has scored. Like yeah, we just can't score a breakaway goal in this series. Like I think we've had what like three or four. Marner had the one where he sh- tried to go five hole. I think Nylander had a couple in the last couple of games. Tavares had one in the last game. Yeah. But just can't score. And then they've had like two breakaways and scored on both of them. I'm probably. I feel like the scouting report for the Leafs is to shoot low on Bobrovsky. But I mean, you haven't been able to solve him with any sort of regularity. So, Deke, do something different. Um, Let's talk about game three where the Leafs did something different. They were not the best team after being the better (laughs) team in the first two games. Um, Yeah. I mean, this was a painful game to watch. It just seemed like Florida took notes from Tampa and they won all the puck battles, beat us to the puck, clogged up the neutral zone. We couldn't break out. Like nothing we could do here was going well. We would score. They would come right back. We would score again. They came right back. Like nothing kind of stuck for the Leafs. And as soon as I saw Samsonov go down, I was like, that's it. It's over. This game's over. Yeah, it's such a tough place for Wall to jump in, right? Like, and I don't blame him for the loss at all. I think he played great considering, like, the situation he got thrown into. But, yeah, we were not great at all. Like, it was, you know, it's bad. Camp was our best player. He was our best player. by Yeah, him and Lafferty had a good game. Game three and four. I'll give them both credit. Dumping pucks in, winning puck battles, making chances. Like, it, it was ridiculous to see our big guys not show up for like an important game like this. Oh, come on. Three games. 
Really, three games. Really, three games. I mean, look, yeah. I I will be critical of one of the core four in particular. Mitch Marner has been a ghost since Game Three of the Tampa series. He had ten points in three games or four games, whatever it was. He disappeared off the face of this earth for about six games. Yeah, 100%. and for for a ninety nine point player and someone who is supposed to be our second best impact player, he's really shit the bed. I, I know the two-way game is there. That's great. But when the core four isn't scoring in the first three games of a series and you're you're playing like dog shit in part of this and you just can't seem to pull out a victory, like that's where you have to look. Really yeah. all of them. Like, like that's where you point. Yeah, right? 100%. Like we talked about in the, in the last episode, uh, I think we mentioned like how we should, we need more secondary scoring. And then it almost felt like the top guys were like, okay, we'll let the secondary guys do all the scoring. And we're like, no, 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 that's not what we meant. <laughs> but that's kind of what it felt like through the first three games. It was just like not there. Like they had chances in the first couple games and they couldn't convert. And then in game three, it was just like absolutely not there whatsoever. And like, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's bad when like Lafferty and Gustafson score in this game. There's nothing. Honestly, we didn't even deserve to have that game go to overtime. We didn't. Like, no, it, it, not at all. The fact and that it got to overtime was like almost like a here's a small rim, a ray of hope for a game that you. Don't yeah, it's to it's win. delaying the inevitable. Like you kind of knew, and yeah. like you knew Wall was going into a bad position, like you mentioned before. Um, what shocked me was the Leafs had no power plays this game. I mean, based on yeah. the very questionable efficient that a fish officiating that's been going on all playoffs not just in this series as zach is doing a fishing uh charades move right now um but you know i I looked at that game management right like they try to have even power play numbers like i think uh florida had two power plays in the first two periods and i looked at that i'm like okay third period the leafs are probably going to get two power plays and they just didn't come um so you can't blame a loss for that like oh we didn't have chances like i mean create chances five on five you know just if you want to do something, do it. But um, mm. that definitely helped or didn't help, I should say. Let's look at game four, uh, a 2-1 victory. I mean, I thought this was, I, you know, kudos to the Leafs because I was expecting the Leafs to come out just really dejected, ready to mail it in. Like, really? that's the team I was expecting to show up in this game. Yeah. Uh, wow. I was, you know I was not expecting that from them but I'm, that's believe me, I'm glad I was wrong because it was the opposite I think in this was their 10th game of the playoffs if I'm not mistaken yeah this is the best they've played in front of a goaltender in the playoffs I think with the other team playing well yeah like you could argue game two of the Tampa series when they just like obliterated Correct. Them, more Tampa... so more so on the defensive side specifically I mean like yeah, Toronto was like the the, the forwards in the defense they were doing everything in their power to make this game as easy as possible for Joseph Wall. Credit to him though, he had a great game. Yep. They they did a fantastic job of clogging everything up in front of them. Yeah, they just the amount of shot blocks I saw just every time Florida got any open ice whatsoever, immediately there's a body. There was they were making it difficult. They didn't give them anything, no free chances, stuff like that. And even when shots got through, Wall was really good. Rebound control was fantastic. He was like absorbing everything like a sponge. He was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, 
Bobrovsky was still really good for Florida. I keep talking about Bobrovsky. I hate that I am, but he was still really good. Not as lights out as he was in games one and two. Uh, but we scored the way that we needed to. Like, there's no more fancy plays. No yeah, more, an blah, assist blah, blah, from blah. the ref's knee. Yeah, that one, finally we get some luck. That's great. But I love the Marner goal purely because of how difficult we made it for Bobrovsky to see. Yeah, that was totally like a first-round goal against Vasilevsky. Just like, I, yeah. I think they kind of realized they have to have the mentality of sometimes you just have to shoot and get the pucks on net. Yep. Right? Like, I understand the argument that can be made between amount of shots and quality of shots but when you, when quality of shots is not working like you have to pivot and yep. i don't want to say it took them four games to pivot but it it took them four games to convert on whatever pivoting they had yeah like they needed to play the exact same way they played against tampa uh, maybe a little bit better than they played in some of the games against tampa but like making it difficult for the goalie to see anything, be an absolute nuisance in front. Even if you don't score on the opportunity, make it difficult for them. Yeah. You know? So if we, if we look at the series at a glance, uh, the Leafs have scored two goals in each of the four games. Uh, would you agree with me in saying that if they score two goals next game, only two goals, they lose? Because I, I don't think, not necessarily next game, but I, I don't think scoring two goals a game is a is a recipe for success. It's not. Yeah, no, you put it right. Because like it, it's just two goals is not a lot at all. Even if the other team doesn't score, that's a small hill to climb. That's a really easy deficit to tie up. And I just you got to put the nail in the coffin right you gotta yeah. get the third insurance one because at, at this point now it's like the second one isn't insurance anymore it's just like a little bit of an ad once you get to three it makes things difficult they score one they're not right back in it there's still two goals to come back so yeah i think you're right i think two two goals worked in the last game but barely yeah so it's like it's how it, it comes down to how confident are you in our ability to keep florida from only scoring one goal in the next three games which is not, I'm not confident in at all. No, I mean, credit to Joseph Wall. He played great. He didn't really show many nerves in game four. But is that going to be replicated in game five? Is there going to be a game six and seven, right? Like that's, yeah, that's the conversation. Um, So, you know, you kind of pointed to, we need a game where they absolutely come out flying and score six. Like that's, that's what this team really needs. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the message Paul just sent us about his prediction. Um, but really, like this series, outside of a sweep, this could not have been gone much worse for the Leafs. It, let me tell you, if if they were swept and we were sitting here talking about how the Leafs had just got swept by Florida, I mean, this would be up there with like Leaf collapses of the last years like this would almost to me be right after blowing the 3-1 lead against the canadians in 2019 oh that one was abysmal oh like, my that's God. the worst to me this would be second and you know what even if they lose in game five it's it's still probably going to be up there yeah i think so i think just because of the point gap like it's obviously not the same as how boston lost but yeah it's just not yeah, <laughs> I don't even think about them losing. I know. 
We'll we'll touch on that. But why, like, if you could sum it up, Zach, is it like why are they down three one? Is it as simple as the the you know the core guys not contributing offensively? Is 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 it that easy? Uh, I don't know. It's really difficult to narrow it down to just one thing that's going wrong. I think there's like a lot of different factors that have each in their own smaller ways contributed to what's going on. You can argue officiating, you can argue Bobrovsky, you can argue, uh, you know, us not playing our game, but playing theirs. You can argue, you know, us not playing the way we did against Tampa, not treating Florida the way that we treated Tampa. Yeah. Uh, but I think if you have to narrow it down, I think it is the big four not contributing. I That's think, probably the most glaring piece. Yeah. Like it, they just zero goals in three games. I think I was reading somewhere that had never happened in the regular season ever. Four games in a row. Four games in a row. Yeah. So they broke that. But the fact that it almost got there in the playoffs is not great at all. It means Florida shutting our guys down, which is terrible. I mean, it's look, an, we did that to Tampa. and Look what happened to them. Exactly. We didn't have a good series, but the result was there, right? Yeah. Um, if it makes you feel any better, from what I've seen in terms of you know co- press conferences from Sheldon Keefe, he doesn't know what's wrong either. Like this guy is dumbfounded. Yeah, I think absolutely Florida's, flabbergasted. They're also they're also getting a lot of luck, which is a stupid thing to kind of like point out and be like. I mean, oh, Kachuk has not scored in this series. That is luck for us (laughs) but it's been like they're just i found in the first couple of games anyway like bounces there were bounces popping over player sticks going off of the boards in weird ways like there was just a lot of weirdness going on especially in game two i just noticed a lot of like i'm like why did the puck bounce that way what is it doing like that kind of thing maybe i'm just the leafs fan being like why isn't everything going straight to matthews's stick and then in the back of the net but like that's what i noticed at least i don't know if you felt the same or just or i'm being weird I no but uh, but like that's a that's a fair assessment because when you were not really debatably i mean when you were the better team for two straight games and most of those games and you can't come out with a win that's almost more frustrating than losing if you were just the bad team if you just had a bad yeah. game and you deserve to lose so i i think that that assessment is definitely fair last week we spoke about if there's any concern coming off the Tampa series that the Leafs were the second best team in most of the games of that series. And, you know, we talked about the flip kind of scripting, the script flipping, not the flipped scripting. I don't know what drugs I'm on today. We talked about how the script has flipped and that the Leafs have now been the better team, but the, you know, the results Mm -hmm. are going their way. Do you think that's indicative of all from the first round or is it a clean slate, new opponent? Like, uh, I think it's more of a new opponent type thing. I don't think it's like things transferred over maybe a bit. I know some like some of the players were talking about like, oh, it's the Tampa and Florida play the same style. I don't think so. I think that these are toe two yeah, toe. Oh god. Two completely different series between these two. Like it the the, the play has not been the same at all. And I don't I don't think it's the same, but yeah, it, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to point out, like you said. Yeah. I, like, part of me also thinks, it's like I get that playoff hockey is different. I, I understand that. To, to an extent, you have to cater 
to the to the style of hockey your opponent plays. But I feel like the Leafs are allowing their opponent to dictate how they play, but they're also allowing the playoffs to dictate the kind of game that they're playing. So I think in both cases, they're straying away from what made them such a potent team in the regular season. Right. And I feel like that's not, it's not an easy thing to balance because you have to do it. Because Mm -hmm. if the Leafs stuck to high octane offense and just kind of run and gun, like they've done for much of the regular season, we'd probably be in the same position right now. But Part of me kind of just looks at that like they need to choose how they want to dictate the game, right? It, it's it's kind of like the proactive versus reactive argument. Mm. I feel like this series, they've been very reactive to Florida and playoff hockey rather than being proactive and trying to imprint the type of game they want to play on their opponent. Yeah, no, you're right. I think uh... – as you're saying that, I'm thinking about the different games in this series and how different game four was with us dictating the pace, dictating how the game went. Right from the start, we really picked it up and played not the way that we played in the first couple of games, which was, like you said, like high-octane, regular season type play, lots of chances, that kind of stuff. Like, that play is great, but the way that we shut it down, like blocking shots, throwing hits, we made their guys pay a lot of the time and like yeah. I saw somewhere that Marner had like five hits in that game or something, which I thought was atrocious. Hilarious. But you like, could also see though at the end yeah. of that game, Florida was pissed. Oh, they were. Oh yeah. They oh were my gosh. Mad. I don't know if you even want to get me started on Florida being dirty in some of these plays, but oh my god, like it, Sam Bennett's not going to be suspended. Of course oh, not. Like, there should be something. Like, I know he's not going to be suspended, but who was it? Lafferty just completely down on the ice and Bennis just throwing knuckle sandwiches left, right, and center like he's a lunch lady in high school. I could say a lot about Sam Bennett based on what he did in game two as well. Um, yeah, with knives. Knives and bunting. I think, like, I think he's suspended. I think you have to look at the plays and be like, is this a hockey play? I think like McDavid, for example, put it perfectly. He's talking about, uh, I don't know if you saw the Petrangelo slash on Dreisaitl yeah. from last night uh, or two nights ago, last night. I don't remember. But uh, yeah, and he was talking about like, that's not a hockey play. And he's right. It's not. He's crushed, he's slashing down like he's freaking. You shot my pass. <laughs> yeah, like some nonsense like that. This Like for me, the cross check on bunting is more dangerous because of where it was it wasn't the cross check itself well then he also went after when he was down like twice yeah but like it was like these are cross checks and that's part of the game the nice play for me was the issue yeah this is not the wwe you don't get to wrestle someone (laughs) john c yeah you don't get to like throw people down like that i thought that was suspendable for sure man i hate the lorax the lorax yeah he looks like the lorax yeah (laughs) <laughs> i'm gonna need to i'm gonna need you to boot up photoshop and just photoshop pictures man, man my photoshop is the- so busted right now i have to i have to update my computer i have a really old mac so i have to update to the newest software in order to use like my web browser because yeah. i this is a funny story it's a little tangent but i called apple for support and like what kind of computer do you have whatever and like yeah so we actually technically consider your computer vintage and like Thank you. I love that. 
so I upgraded my computer and Photoshop is absolutely crap the bed. Oh, that, yeah. It probably sounds like a, you're blasting off with a jet engine too when you try and load it. It's, it's just like going nuts. The, I can't update Photoshop because it's so such an old version and my computer can't support the newer version. But now I have a new computer software that requires the newer Photoshop. It, it's bad. It's bad news. Dang. Okay. I'll, I'll I don't do know. my I best don't in Canva. Oh, the Lorax. Yeah. The Lorax. Shout out Steve Dangle was the one who, who mentioned that first. He looks like the Lorax. Oh, really? That's, oh, my gosh. It's funny. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so, I mean, like, let's let's talk about what everyone's going to be talking about now right they were down three nothing you know at that point in order to win the series you have to win four in a row it's the way to do it. it's happened four times in nhl history uh the first ever being the leafs funny enough um but if florida won three in a row against boston and three in a row against toronto can the leafs now win three more in a row making it four against the panthers i mean History and statistics will say it is unlikely. Obviously, the possibility is there. But I saw someone tweeting about it, and they were saying something along the lines of, I still think this Leaf team is better than the Panther team. They haven't played better. They, I mean, maybe you could, you could say they have and that they deserve to win more games than they've won. Florida's won three out of the four games. That's the bottom line. But can the Leafs win the next three? That's the question. Yeah, the answer is yes. I think if you told me to look at this roster and then look at all the Leafs rosters since the Matthews era began and say, you know, choose one of these teams to have the best chance of coming back from a 3 nothing series deficit, and this is the team I would choose. I think – I don't want to say it's like storytelling, the fact that this is the team that broke the 19-year curse of being stuck in the first round. And I don't want to give them too much hope because uh, honestly, I don't think they're going to win this series. I think Florida is going to take it. I just have a really bad feeling about it. Whatever. Yell at me if you want to people. Ah. Ah, I'm so hurt. I'm so attacked anyway, but this team can do it. They can. I don't think it's like, if this was another least team, maybe I'd be like, nah, they're they're They've screwed the pooch. They're done. Like, that's it. There's no way Yeah. this team can do it. Will they do it though? I can't. I I can't say. I don't think they're gonna do it, but they could. They really could. Yeah, I mean the cliche is there, right? Like one game at a time. If if you're trying to win all four, I mean, I guess three games left at this point in game five, you're going to lose. Um they they can do it. It's just like it, it finally feels like the Leafs are on the side of being the ones to write history rather than history happening against them. Mm. So I, I get where you're coming from. I Like, we'll talk about our predictions for the rest of the way here. I think, you know, I think we both wish we had some of Paul's optimism. Um, But I, I don't know, like you would think, okay, they're coming home for game five. That gives them a chance to take it to game six. Then all they have to do is win one game on the road to bring it back home for game seven. But they've been terrible at home. They've been awful. Yeah, they had one good game at home, and then that's they it. They have been absolutely abysmal in Scotiabank Arena in the playoffs. So, like, if you're going to change that, game five is the time, because if you don't, you're you're golfing next week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But 
I don't know. Like I, I will, I'm reserving my belief until there's a game six. I'm going into game five, very much gloomy, very hesitant to really believe that there's any sort of chance here. Yeah. If they win game five and force a game six, I'm on board. Obviously, I'm still rooting for them. That never changes. I will sit there nervous, biting my nails on the edge of my seat mm-hmm. without a doubt. But mm. if if there is a game six, they got me. Because mm. then I think the pressure's on Florida, right? Florida's yeah. kind of playing, a, if we don't win, then we have to win game seven in Toronto. So yeah. that's kind of where I sit right now. Uh, you know, we, we've mm. we've mentioned cautious optimism with this team in general, I think this is the perfect example. Yeah. I I think you're right. I think I will, you're like, I'm the same way as like, I'm going to be cheering for them. Like I was in game four, like frantically sitting on the edge of my chair, the entire game, like watching the team. I even went and like in between periods, I like booted up NHL and I was playing like Leafs versus Panthers and then just like, <laughs> hitting the crap out of all of them like just throwing the body yeah, you like up all like the physicality sliders like let's make injuries real easy yeah i think i injured two of them within the first period yeah but it was like throwing hits like that and then i would come back because like i can't watch the panelists anymore like i just can't, i can't because i get like then they start breaking down the game and i'm like I'm already nervous. I need to be distracted when the play is not happening. Let me yeah. do let me do something else. I can't focus on reality. Yeah, I think Matthew Kachuk had a quote after or before game four where he said, there's no pressure on us. And I think like that's where they goofed because if there's no pressure on you and the other team has all the pressure, who's going to be playing more to win? And I think yeah. like the Leafs, the Leafs proved it in the way that they blocked shots and the way that they threw hits and the way that they just like had no concern for their own safety and just like did everything they could to to save goals and to protect wall like the one that florida got was like the most garbage goal i've ever seen in my life like they barely got that one too if they can play that way in the next game i don't know if florida is gonna like if the pressure's on them now i don't think so but i think you're right in game six i think 100 percent of the pressure goes to them because then the leafs have been playing well two straight games they've won two straight games do or die and then Florida goes back home. You want to end it at home. I think Florida. It said Florida's never won. Was it never won a series at home? I can't remember what the stat was. Something uh, like I, that. I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was something kind of like that stat. Like they've never closed out a series at home or something. Yeah, it was something similar. But yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see how they do. I I have very much hope, but cautious optimism is the best two word phrase for this yeah um nice and samsonov uh i think it was pretty much confirmed they both will not be in for game five tonight um yeah paul sent a tweet actually to us yeah i did see that so he's skating but i think they've confirmed he won't be playing tonight i'd be i'd be shocked if he was playing tonight i don't think he's going to come back the rest of the series I think they're, well, they're if the de- series ends tonight, that is a correct statement. <laughs> yeah, I there's no way they risk it. I think with Nice, I think he's too important. We've seen how well he's played. I can't wait for him to play a full season next year. 
Like yeah. that's actually going to give me excitement to see him play. He's so good. So they're, they're really going to take it cautious. I don't think it's one of those times where like, you know, if Ryan O'Reilly took one off the noggin, I'm pretty sure he would just be right back in the lineup. Oh yeah. He's on a restrict, uh, unrestricted free agent. We brought him into one in the playoffs. Like this is where we brought him in. Nice is kind of like not a foundational piece, but he's like, no, but we need someone to make a league minimum for the next three years. This (laughs) team wants to contend. Let's be honest. Uh, cap but, relief. Uh. Yeah. Let's let's talk about Samsonov. So he's not in for game five. Let's. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think the the lineup for tonight has been announced, but I would be absolutely shocked if Matt Murray finds his way into the starting lineup. So safe to assume Joseph Wall gets the start tonight. Let's say he plays well, mm-hmm. and they get a win, and then we look at game six in Florida, and Samsonov is cleared. Who do you turn to? Wall. If Wall plays the same way he played in game four and game five and they win, well. Yeah, you run the hot hand? Yeah, I run the hot hand. I think Samsonov's been really, really good. But Samsonov also hasn't won a game against Florida this series. Do you play Wall with a really, really short leash? Like as soon as he starts to, if in game six, if we make it there, he starts to look not great. Is it like we're calling Samsonov in just like that? Yeah, if he gives up like two goals in the first like five to seven minutes, Samsonov's in. Like there's, there's no room for error at this point. There's no experimenting. There's, if he looks shaky right off the bat, that's it. And like, it's not a pride thing anymore. It's more of a, like, we need our absolute best chance to win. Starting wall, I think is the right decision in in game six, assuming we get there. If he plays the same way, if he looks like if they get the win, but it's like five, four, and like he let in some softies and Samsonov's ready, then I'd go back to Sammy. I agree. I think if he, if, if wall plays well, uh, I, I I can't see them taking him out. Um, I've I've seen a lot of criticism from a lot of like broadcasters, panelists, ex players, whatever, about the fact that it's ten games into the playoffs for the Maple Leafs now, and Sheldon Keefe still doesn't know what his best lineup looks like. <laughs> I honest, I'm on the other side of that. I think that's great. I think that's showing you a flexibility and like things work and you can change things. Don't work, change them up. Things don't work. Change them up. Like, imagine like uh, yes. I'd I, rather have a best not knowing what your best lineup is. So this is the only lineup we have, and it sucks. Yes, but I don't think it's as binary as if you knew what his best lineup was, they true. would suck, right? Like, like yeah, that's there's, true. There's a chance of if there weren't so many changes, or if he mm-hmm. did know what his best lineup is, maybe this series would look a little different. Um, frankly, you could probably point to Ryan O'Reilly's injury and the fact that he missed so much time to the number one reason why we don't know what this team's best lines are. You know, I mean, you could say the same thing defensively. I mean, last game, we finally saw Brody and McCabe split up for parts of the game. Um, Yeah. That pairing has been atrocious. Yeah. In this series, I think McCabe was like a minus six heading into game four, but uh, Look, I don't know how you figure it out at this point. I mean, you have Nyes coming out of the lineup. There's been too many changes to figure it out, and you can't afford to be stagnant here because as soon as you have a bad game, you're done. Yep. percent so, You know, the lines in the blender, we've talked about it. Do do we see eleven and seven again tonight? We're obviously think, recording this before we know what the lines are. I think it's probably the exact same lines as what happened in the last game. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and you know what? I don't think I would change anything either. 
Uh, I'll give credit where credit is due, and I know Paul's not here to yell at me. Uh, Justin Hall had a good game last night. He right, did two nights ago. He Justin did. Hall played really well. He played a lot of smart hockey. He didn't rush things. Sometimes I find he's very if he gets the puck and he skates up with it, he's very easily just gonna softly dump it in. I think but it's because like what much... is what is the opposition gonna do? Like they're not gonna waste a guy pressuring Hall. <laughs> I mean, like so let's you be say honest. he's so bad that they don't even want to have someone cover him. It's like we might as well just <laughs> we might as well just crash our own net and get ready to retrieve the puck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he had a good game. He made a lot of like really nice he did plays in our own a- in our own end, uh, breakout passes, stuff where like he could have panicked and threw it up, but instead he reversed the other. Def- so I'll give him credit. Uh, that's why I'd keep him in the lineup for the next game. I think he played well. So yeah, I'd so, love to see him play that way all the time. Yeah, I, I think too the fact that the core four really hasn't been going. I mean, we talked about the Nylander goal. Sure, he he kind of got lucky, but at least he converted. Like he was, he was given a chance and he converted on the chance, right? Uh, the Marner goal, like I, I can't say it was a skill goal, but he scored. So yeah. I, I see the appeal in the 11 forwards. You get your big guys in more often. You know, they can't get comfortable because everything's kind of changing. Obviously, they can't be comfortable in the series down 3-1. Um, I, I mean, poor Aston Reese, because after like two games into the, the Lightning series, he looked pretty good. But... Yeah, I, I mean, and we can also talk about Giordano. I mean, he had an abysmal game three, played like seven minutes. Uh, game four, I mean, he wasn't turned to that often either. But the way it sits now with defensive pairings, if they stick the same with last game, Riley Shen, I mean, that pairing has been gold. Amazing. Playoffs. Uh, Brody Hall, McCabe Lilligren, and then Gio as your seventh. Yeah, I think uh, someone who hasn't been talked a lot about is Lilligren. I think he's been been great. Fantastic. He, he was so good. I was at the Marner goal that he like mm-hmm. he jumped in and then like went all the way. He's just played so well. I think he's been fantastic. Like, yeah, he's been he's been very good. Uh, but those pairings sound about right. I think Geo's had a tough time. Some like some of our guys have had great playoffs this yeah. year. And I mean, let's, let's also gone. not forget that Giordano was exposed very, very much so in the Tampa Bay series. Oh, 100%. Way more than was necessary. So, I mean, you kind of just stand patent and just hope the result comes, right? I mean, Jan Croak, Matthews, Marner, Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander, Bunting, O'Reilly, Achari, uh, Camp, Lafferty as your kind of last set of lines there on the 11 forwards. Do you like that? Anything you switch? I mean, I I guess you kind of have to keep it the same from last game. Yeah, I think so. I'd like to see more out of O'Reilly. I think maybe in the last couple of games, he's just game three. He was so bad. He like had two chances where he shot on our own goalie. <laughs> I was like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, I'd I'd like to see a little bit more out of him. I think he was pretty invisible in game four. Uh, but in terms of switching things up, uh, tough to say. Like, I'm pretty sure Bunting will might go. If Yarn Croak's abysmal, Bunting will go up there. Maybe Keith will try that for a few shifts. Like he'll shift things around wouldn't surprise me but i think that's probably your good start. part of me looks at it though and it's like i know i personally said i didn't like it but you have home ice advantage tonight put o'reilly on the second line and just load the shit up might as well why not 
like one if it doesn't work for a period then change it like it's not like that you set your starting lines and then you're never allowed to change them through the game like yeah you're right why not yeah like, i mean, I'd like Kef, to see that Kef has been great so you can trust him mm. um i guess that would probably mean you have to bring kerfoot down maybe achari plays third line center like what whatever it is um I think that's the best way you possibly get more out of your, I'll say, core five offensive players with O'Reilly in that mix. Like, yeah, they need to show up. Throw Bunting on the first line. I mean, I know it didn't work for much of the end of the regular season, but, you know, now now's the time. Let him prove himself. Let him, like, he's, pro- I look at this group and, like, he is the most drive out of any of these players. Hmm. He's going to be the guy who, you know, puts his best foot forward, one foot in front of the other, one skate, you know, and just just goes. He's been great since he's come back. I think he's, he's been great. He, he found his game and like where the line is, and he's like, I can play right here, and like that's perfect. That's exactly what Amy needed to do. Yeah. So I, I mean, we'll see what happens. One game at a time. Uh in ten playoff games, at least only have two regulation victories. Nah, is, nah, Sportsnet stats. Nah. It's true. I mean, it's true though. It is true. It is true. But also, yeah. <laughs> I know it's like you don't want to look into it, but at some point, it kind of yeah. becomes something you have to face. Uh, what about the officiating? Uh, you know, we're not losing games because of the officiating. I'm not going to blame that on the officials. I think in the playoffs in general, it's just been bad. Like, I think game three were definitely opportunities that we should have had power plays. Uh, I dropped my pen. I, oh, I noticed. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, yeah. I hate pointing out the officials sometimes, but, like, it's not been great. It's fine, Zach. It's the only thing all fans can agree on. That's okay. That's fair. Yeah, it, it's been bad. They've been, they have not. A been team good. could lose eight nothing while the other team wins eight nothing, and both fan bases will be mad at the refs. Yeah, yeah. It it. I couldn't believe that some of the plays that Florida is getting away with. Not even that they're not getting suspended, but like they're not getting a penalty. The Gudis hit on camp like eighteen seconds after the play finished. No, I. You know what? I I don't I don't mind that. He's finishing his check. The whistle goes pretty. It's like a solid three seconds. It's like but a like that's, solid Here's three the seconds. thing. If that wasn't a hard hit because it's Gudis, no one cares. But it's just yeah. a guy finishing his check. So yeah, I like will, I, I there will was no defend whistle, him there. If there was no whistle, I think I'd be like... No, even, if, even mad, with the whistle, like, I don't think it's a penalty. I don't know. That's just a guy who hits very hard finishing his check. I mean, that's the only thing he can do. This guy can't score. This guy can't do anything else. So he might as well finish his checks hard. That's what he's there for. Yeah. All right. Let's let's mm. let's put things into perspective here. What do the Leafs have to do in order to win this series? Play desperation hockey. Play like your lives depend on it. Because just pretend that they do. <laughs> That's true. Like how they did in the last game, blocking shots. Like we already talked about it. Like just play that way. Play like everything matters because it does. As long as yeah. they do that and the big the big guys show up and score, then we'll find success. Yeah. If if we look at the series as a reflection of how the Leafs play in like a specific game, the Leafs always play better from behind. 
Yeah. They they always like in a game where they're losing two nothing, the third period is where they start to play. So it's probably not how you want to draw it up. But at this point, you can only play with the cards in front of you. Like you're down three one, that's not gonna change. So if they want to win, I mean it's it's you gotta win three games in a row. It's not gonna be easy, but just it's it's so cliche. But if you're trying to win all three games at once, you're going to lose. Yeah. One game at a time. Focus on the current score, current game, win that one, move on to the next one. Yeah. Uh, and let's let's move on to taking a look at the week ahead. Um, I will share a funny story. Going into game four, I was watching the game with my dad, and I said, do you think they're winning tonight? Because I think they're going to blow it. Not blow it. I mean, I think they're going to lose. And he, being a true Leafs fan cynic, who's been around for it all, said, no, they'll probably win tonight just so that they can lose in front of their fans. Oh, oh, he's, we might be right. <laughs> I was like, great, you want to make people spend more of their hard-earned money on disappointment. Um, but we got game five tonight, May 12th in Toronto. Should there be a game six, Sunday, May 14th in Florida, and should there be a game seven, Tuesday, May 16th, back in Toronto. Uh, again, Paul has lightning in a bottle. He's got that optimism. He's got three, you know. I, I doubt he actually believes that. I I don't think so. The way he was talking in our in our chat about how if the lease gets swept, I'm not recording the next episode of the podcast. I mean, he didn't record it anyways, but that's not because he didn't want to. That is true. Uh, but he has Leafs in seven, so I'll give him one and one. I think I think they they take it tonight, and then it goes back to Florida, and I think that's kind of the game. Florida just says enough is enough. We're not letting this become a thing. Yeah, I've got zero and one. I think they lose tonight. I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it would make me cry, but it wouldn't surprise me. So I really hope that Paul is correct. I really do. If if we force a game seven. And lose in game seven. I think that will probably be the most dejected the Leafs have ever made me feel. That's. Yeah, be so. That would be so. I would rather them get swept. I wouldn't rather. I don't know about getting swept, but I would rather. I would. I would rather them get swept in game seven. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll agree with that too. Like, oh my God. That would be the most Leaf thing to do, would be to give so much hope and then like crap the bed in the last game. If if that happens, I don't know how to move forward. Ugh. I I really would have a hard time. Like, not saying I would never root for the team. Like, I, I'll still be a fan. I'll still do the podcast. But like that, like when we talk about cautious optimism and false hope with this team, mm. like if you give your fan base so much hope that you can win three in a row and force a game seven. In Toronto, if you lose that game, I don't think there's coming back from that. Nope. Big moves after. Big, like, big, big moves coming after, for sure. We probably won't get there. But if we do, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. Like, when we, when we record our next episode, we'll either be jubilated beyond extent because the Leafs are somehow going into that third round against the Carolina Hurricanes. Or complete dejection. 
Yeah. Whether they lose tonight, lose in game six, lose in game seven, it's going to suck. Because like we talked about off the bat, you know, you won the first round and that was great and that's what we wanted. And we, we said we'd be fine, whatever happens from here on out. But as soon as you're in that next stage, in the second round, Just, we'll see what yeah. happens. I have a bunch of analogies that I wanted to throw out in this episode that I completely forgot, so I'm just going to toss them in now, because why not? Go for it. Backs against the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, new round, same old Maple Leafs. Oh. Uh, that's all I got. Oh, I was expecting like eight. Like eight or nine. I think I had more kind of on the back burner somewhere. It's just another brick in the wall. I don't know. Screw you, Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett. Save a Lorax for the movies. I don't know. Is it? Do you think we could like revoke Sam Bennett's passport, like to come back here? He went to he went to school like down the street from me. Did he really? Where did he go to school? I think it was like Kipling Collegiate. I didn't even know he's Canadian. Yeah. 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 I actually know someone who knows who went to school with him. That's how Great. I know. But we love Sam yeah. No, we don't. Where was this during my fantasy season? <laughs> no, nah, he was good this year. Um, look, that's it. Like it, it seems doom and gloom, but like that's kind of where we're at right now. I mean, Leaf fans are going to be watching this game with a cloud over their heads, and I really hope that no one spent stupid amounts of money to go watch this game tonight. I know oh, pe- people did. Pe- people always do. But yeah, I mean, this is where we are. Right? There's nothing else to say. So uh, thank you, everyone who made it this far in both listening to this episode and being a Leaf fan. Not easy. Uh, Zach, favorite three words? Beat the Panthers. Three more wins. That uh, That's a good one. And three we'll, words, three we'll wins. see you next week on the Original Six Podcast where we'll either be happy or we won't. It's that simple. Uh, remember to take, take care of the planet. We'll see you next time. Bye.